Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. The Daily Dollop podcast is proudly brought to you by The Capital Chemist, Australia's premium community pharmacy where loyalty matters. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I chat with dispensary technician and certified sleep therapy consultant, Lauren Walker, all about sleep apnea and how it affects our health. Here's the final part. Okay, what's the key? Yeah, so you've mentioned right at the beginning, and I think this is probably going to be the answer to my question, that you do the sleep studies overnight. So is that how sleep apnea gets diagnosed in someone? Yeah, absolutely. So in order for sleep apnea to be diagnosed, an overnight study does need to be conducted. So this can be done one of two ways. So through a sleep clinic, which usually would require a referral from your GP, or in pharmacy, we can provide people with a diagnostic device that they take home to wear overnight while they sleep. Mm -hmm. So that device, um, like the studies in clinic, will record breathing snoring, heart rate, oxygen levels uh, to determine if a person is indeed having a respiratory event during sleep and if they are figuring out how often they're occurring, how long they're occurring and if these events are positional. So some people even, um, some people, for example, will only experience apnea when they sleep on the back. Um, So for some people, it can just be a matter of adjusting how they sleep, whether that be by putting a phone wedge or a pillow behind their hips so that they can't roll onto the back. Um, but others obviously will experience them in all areas of sleep. And I guess these studies will also help determine if the breathing or respiratory events are affecting a person's heart rate and their blood oxygenation. Mm. So we, in a pharmacy setting, would download the data from the device the next morning and we actually work in partnership with a sleep physician. So we send the data off and a sleep physician would review the, review the data mm-hmm. to come, come back with a report as well. So very similarly to in a sleep clinic setting, a physician would then review the data from your overnight day. Um, and yeah, if those stud- studies, whether it be a clinic or at home, if they determine this person is having more than five respiratory events an hour, then they're considered to have sleep apnea. Wow. That's that's really cool. So how does this measure? So are they ha- are you having to put something on your face, like breathing equipment or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, in a clinic setting, it is um, a lot more in-depth because they are able to screen for other conditions outside of sleep apnea, whereas in pharmacy, we specialise in just the sleep apnea itself. Mm. Um it's harder for us to monitor for other things when there isn't actually somebody in the room with you. Yeah. So in a clinic setting, the equipment is far more vast and a large, quite a large number of electrodes. But in a pharmacy setting, the device is it's quite a small one. It's probably the size of a, a men's wallet. Like it's a little square device that you get sort of strapped onto the sternum and the, the strap that holds the machine on has some wires that run through it that measure the rise and fall of the chest. So that's able to monitor the breathing that's happening through your mouth oh. and connected through that is a pulse oximeter that will sit on, on the end of your finger that will is able to measure the oxygenation of your blood yep. and also your heart rate. And there's also a little cannula that will sit in the nose. So it's a tiny little tube that 
like you see in the movies, that they connect to oxygen and that yeah. sort of thing in a hospital. Just a tiny little tubing thing that would sit underneath the nose um, and touch behind your ears that you sleep with overnight. Um, so it's quite minimally invasive. Mm. And from that, they can get enough data to determine what's happening in terms of your breathing. And this little device that's strapped onto the chest will has a microphone in it, so it will record uh, snoring and that sort of thing. But it's actually quite a smart little device. We've had people before try to blame the snoring on their partners and <laughs> they can't get away with that. The device is quite good at detecting who is who. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so good. I remember actually back when I first got my first iPhone, which must be like 10 years ago now. And, you know, I don't know if you remember when they brought out like the sleep apps which and you leave your phone under your pillow or on your bed or something and it would measure your movement I think for your sleep quality I always felt really weird about putting my phone under my pillow and then just sleeping with it there but I remember it would say that I was such a restless sleeper and I'd be like I swear I don't but my husband is such a restless sleeper I'm like (laughs) he's picking up the bed moving from like my phone is he's ruining my sleep data so I'm glad I'm glad the device can definitely stop the the snore blaming that's good to good to hear so yes all right so you've got someone they've they've been having trouble sleeping they've finally gone and they've done this sleep study and it has come out that yeah they've got sleep apnea so their breathing's being affected throughout the night is there hope for them can it get better so what's the plan for them yeah absolutely It, it definitely can get better so for some people, lifestyle changes like weight loss, reducing alcohol intake or quitting smoking can either completely cure their sleep apnea or at least reduce its severity. Wow. Um, it can also be completely cured if it's caused by ENT issues. So in mm-hmm. some instances, removal of tonsils and adenoids can be curative for sleep apnea. This, of course, isn't the case though for someone whose apnea is caused by genetic factors or by certain health conditions. And in these cases, there's a couple of different ways in which it can be treated. So the first is what they call a mandibular advancement splint, which is a fancy way of saying a mouth guard that juts the bottom jaw forward to widen the airway. It's Uh. usually made by a dentist or an orthodontist and in in partnership with a sleep doctor. And essentially, it's little mouth guards that they'll pop in that pulls the bottom jaw forward to make the airway wider. So it can be quite effective for mild to the low-grade moderate sleep apnea. Mm. Um, these sorts of mouth guards, though, usually aren't effective, uh, aren't effective for more severe cases. Mm. Um, the other form of treatment is PAP therapy or positive airway pressure therapy. So continuous positive airway pressure or CPAP and automatic positive airway pressure or APAP devices are used to treat most sleep apnea cases. Mm. There is also a bi-level PAP device that they use to treat more complex cases that need to be in conjunction with physician care. So that's sort of left specifically to sleep specialists in a um, doctor's setting. Mm. But APAP and CPAP devices treat most case, can treat most cases of sleep apnea. So if there's no abnormal complications, they're quite effective at treating even severe cases of sleep apnea. So does that work by literally, you're going to tell me, but this is me trying to be smart right now. No, go for it. (laughs) Sorry. I'm like, I keep getting excited and (laughs) my own thoughts on this. Is it using air pressure to keep the airways open? That's that's exactly it. Wow, that's so so clever. Yeah, so they work by pushing air into the airway to just force it to remain open. Yeah. So the automatic um, 
cognitive airway pressure, so the APAP devices, they're actually really quite smart and in many instances have actually replaced CPAP machines. Mm. So the automatic one actually adjusts the amount of air pressure it gives. It's giving you based off your breathing and how many apneas you're having. So it's not going to blow one continuous amount of air pressure down your throat, which is what the old school CPAP machines used to do. Yeah. So the old CPAP machines essentially used to force just the same level of air into the airway throughout the entire duration of sleep. Mm. And there are still some cases where that sort of therapy is a little bit more beneficial. But in most instances, the APAP devices are a lot more comfortable for people to use. Yeah. And it will only give you a higher amount of pressure if you're if, it, if it's detecting that your airway is actually closing. Yeah. So they're usually a little bit more comfortable for people to use in that way. Wow. Lauren, yeah. I've learned I mean, so much about <laughs> This is so cool. <laughs> and I guess the good thing with these is that when the treatments are used correctly and for the entire duration of sleep, a sleep apnea patient will continue to breathe normally. So with consistent use, essentially all symptoms of sleep apnea can be eradicated. Wow. So whilst the sleep, ap- the sleep apnea itself may not be cured, essentially while you're using this machine, they don't have sleep apnea. Yeah. So it's just a matter of continuing with that treatment. Yeah. And I mean, that can be overwhelming for some people initially and having a mask on your face mm. that blows air into either your nose or your nose and mouth, depending on the type of therapy that suits you best, can be a bit of an adjustment. But in most people, especially in the more severe cases of sleep apnea, we tend to see it make a really significant difference to the person's day-to-day living and life, especially if they were symptomatic prior. But, you know, whilst it takes a little bit of adjustment at first, it can really change their quality of life long-term. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just remember when I had a newborn couple of times yeah. um those those how rubbish you feel on those sleepless nights then and the next day and I have once pulled an all-nighter being a workaholic only one time in my <laughs> business life and yeah I was very swiftly reminded how important it is to sleep so <laughs> I can't imagine oh, how challenging it would be for these people to to struggle you know obviously so much um so what a relief to know that they can get a good night's sleep and that yeah, they can fix it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's always going to be a bit of an adjustment sleeping with something on your face, but mm. in the long run, if it's going to eradicate those symptoms of fatigue and you know daytime tiredness and actually give them more energy to go about their life, whilst also reducing their risk of chronic health conditions down the track, then what's not? I mean, what's not to like in that situation? It's, yeah. Absolutely. A mask on your face is a very small price to pay for a better quality of life. Yeah, definitely. And I guess if they were able to to also combine in some other lifestyle factors that might be applicable to them, um, it could be just a temporary thing as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. So let's finish off with some just sleep hygiene habits just for the everyday yeah. person. I certainly know... I bring my phone to bed and that's probably not a great idea, but what would be some key sleep hygiene habits that you would recommend for us to just, yeah, fall asleep better Um, and stay asleep? Kate, I am the perfect example of do as I say and not as I do. I'm (laughs) I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) I'm going to list a few techniques here that certainly will help, but I do not always stick to them and I know that I should. Um, but one of the first big ones is to limit caffeine consumption after midday. So, um, which are coffees for herbal teas and that sort of thing. Um, this is possibly the worst one that I am 
a um, very bad offender of, but uh, reducing caffeine intake after midday is beneficial for a better quality of sleep. And mm-hmm. um, also reducing ac- uh, access to blue light in the hour or so before sleep. So minimizing the amount that you're watching TV or using your phone immediately before trying to get some sleep is meant to give you a better quality of sleep overall. So mm-hmm. ideally, you wouldn't be using your sleep, using your phone or watching the TV half an hour to an hour before going to bed. And I know I say that to some people like, well, what am I supposed to do then? <laughs> but sometimes switching it out for a book or um, doing a meditation or even just listening to some music in the background as opposed to having a visual stimuli can yep. lead to a better sleep quality. Yeah. Um, another big one that we find to be quite beneficial is leaving your phone in another room. Yes. I am also not great for this one, but um, your best quality of sleep will be if you're to leave your phone, say, on charge in another room entirely so that it's not beeping or vibrating or anything like that to wake you up, but also there isn't the temptation of, well, I can't <laughs> fall asleep, so I might scroll through Instagram for the next half an hour, and then all of a sudden it's three hours later. Yeah. And so that sort of thing, I guess, can all contribute to a better sleep quality. Mm. Um. Things like lavender oils, herbal teas, warm milk, all of those can be quite soothing um, and help with falling asleep if you're struggling with that. Okay. But also, I mean, that being said, there's always going to be a time in your life where sleep isn't going to come as easily, whether it's a period of stress, um, you've got something else going on health-wise, or um, you've got yourself into bad um, sleeping patterns with, you know, pulling all-nighters, doing uni assignments, or... Um, even if you're a shift worker, sometimes just getting a good sleep pattern can be difficult. And in those points in time, it is often worth speaking to your pharmacist or a doctor because they can actually help you with um, getting medication that, whether it be a short term or a long term solution, there are quite a number of different products available just to help get you back into a regular sleeping pattern. Mm. Most of them are short term, but things like melatonin and such can be used over a longer period of time if necessary. But most people will find that if it is just that short period where something's going on and, and your sleep isn't is being affected and there's no matter how many times you have a herbal tea or free lavender oil on your pillow, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. And in those instances, there are other options available, but they're more of a, a short-term type solution usually. Yeah, great. That's very good advice. I think definitely I do spits and spurts of the phone in and out of my room and I like seem to make yeah. up all these weird excuses as to why my phone has to come back into my room again. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm the it's same. Just... My alarm clock died and so my phone is now my alarm clock. And so I <laughs> it's sitting on my bedside table on a nightly basis now, which I know it shouldn't be. But yeah. there's always going to be those periods of time where there's some things that will encourage it to come on in. Yeah, absolutely. But these are all good things that we can aim towards in terms of building into our lifestyle, these little habits and stuff, because they certainly make a difference. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. I have learned a lot about sleep apnea and just that whole area. And I would encourage any of the listeners, um, please don't self-diagnose. Please chat to your GP about any concerns that you have about your sleep. And definitely you can go and chat to your 
local pharmacist, that's a really good place to start. And if you are looking for help with weight management or nutrition advice, talking to a qualified dietitian. But thank you, Lauren, for all of your wisdom. Amazing. No, no problems at all. It was lovely to chat with you. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning into the show today, everyone. We will catch you in the next episode. A big thank you to the Capital Chemist and the Daily Dollop in crowd for their continued support of our show. We couldn't do this without them. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you love what you're hearing, please leave us a review.